Please listen carefully. Hello, and welcome to Caveat Realtor with Virginia Realtors, where we discuss the real issues that Realtors face. I'm Laura Farley, and with me today are Mary Brode Vaughn, Deport Director, and Tom Payne, Deputy Director for Licensing and Compliance. Remember, Caveat Realtor is meant to provide general legal information. The information, forms, and laws referenced in this episode are accurate as of the date this episode is first released. Nothing we discuss should be considered as legal representation or legal advice. Hi, Mary and Tom. Hello. Hi, Laura. I'm so glad you guys can join me. Um, Mary, I think I'm going to start with you. Can you tell us how the pandemic has affected deport operations? Absolutely. And thank you again for having us. Um, as with everyone in the world, you know, um, we've not been left unscathed. Um, but some of the silver linings have really been uh, our ability to move at least a, a little more than 90% of our folks um, to working remotely at least a few days a week. I have to say before the pandemic, um, we had positions that we just, you know, didn't think could do that, or we didn't have the technology to do that. Um, and Vita, I will give them a shout out, um, did come through. And um, we've, we've been working that way now since, you know, almost two years and um, have worked out a lot of the, the wrinkles. Um, some of our folks just aren't eligible for telework, for example, the fee processors because of processing the money and, and the folks in the mailroom. But um, with all of those different telework arrangements and staggered schedules and reduced call center hours, which I'm sure your members have noticed, we've been able to maintain operations, to keep everyone healthy, and have been, um, while we've had some exposures, been very, very fortunate in that regard. And what about applications? Are you guys seeing more applications than you expected? We have record-setting application volume right now. Um, it's not, like nothing we've seen since the Great Recession, since numbers like 2006, 2007. Um, wow. And while we've been um, dealing with the same issues of hiring and recruitment as, as some other employers. Um, and then again, as I said, also accommodating remote work and when folks need to, to quarantine and the like. We did have a pretty significant backlog by the summer because of the application volume. For example, um, in March, we received more than a thousand new applications just that month. Oh, wow. For a while, we were putting out as much as was coming in, but eventually that that shifted. Tom will talk more about that in a little bit. But with overtime and some re-engineered processing, and um, after the hiring freeze was lifted, have been able to make consistent progress in the last several months. Um, and that's that's been super helpful. The other sort of pandemic-related change for us. Um, in the beginning, we ended up needing to cancel, I think, two real estate board meetings um, while we all kind of got a handle on what was going on. And then while some of the boards here at Depor lend themselves to virtual meetings when those were allowed under the law, real estate contractors, um, our, our big boards um, always still met in person. We felt that was important for public participation, for due process, and um, have been successful in continuing to be able to meet and uh, move cases along. And as I said, um, keep everyone healthy. So we've overall, I think, been very, very fortunate. Yeah, big groups virtually are always hard. Yes. Um, and I understand that virtual meetings have their appeal 
certainly for some of our board members who travel and, and respondents. Um, but from a public participation standpoint, we really feel strongly that in-person meetings are preferable. Okay, let's turn optimistic now and, and look at what 2022 has in store and, and hopefully it's going to be better than the last two years, right? Absolutely. First of all, um, as you might know, there's been an election. And so we are um, working with the administration and the governor-elect's team to you know, make that as seamless as, as possible as everyone um, in the administration is and looking forward to, to working with Governor-elect Junkin. Um, we are also at Deport continuing to implement the recommendations from our organizational assessment. A lot of the things that stemmed from our JLARC audit in um, 2018. And so one of those things, one of those people is Tom, you'll hear from in a moment, um, really fleshing out the executive leadership team, making sure that we have support in place for all of our sections to be doing their highest, best work. Um, the other deputy director position recently filled was for operations and technology, since that's obviously needs to be and is an enormous focus for us. Um, because what's really exciting about 2022 is, of course, our new licensing system. You know, we've been creeping along with our disparate systems here for several years. And um, the one we have now, while not terribly old, is not as functional as we would want it to be for your members, for our internal processors, or for anyone. And so we are in a multi-phase project to bring all of our systems under you know, one provider. That'll be licensing, enforcement, and document management. When I learned that we couldn't have it all at once, which you know, I'm an only child and I wanted everything immediately, um, I decided, well, if we have to do it in phases, real estate goes first. And so real estate is first. And in the spring, it will be the real estate board that gets to go up first. And, and what that will mean is real online applications, not you know what we have now, which we're still dealing with a lot of paper, even though we scan a lot of it. It starts out as paper. Um, a true dashboard for members to be able to track the status of their applications, which will also help with our then being able to process because we understand that folks want status updates, but of course that, that takes time away from actually processing the applications. Um, so we're extremely excited about it. Again, not only because it's going to make our employees' lives um, much easier when they're not dealing with a ridiculous amount of screens to do a simple transaction, but the self-serve um, options available to members and again the increased transparency because that's um, something we we all want to get to as soon as possible. Another thing that we keep getting questions from our members about is is reg review and and where that stands and when they can anticipate new regulations. Do you have any updates on that? I do. Um, the regulatory review committee's work was a victim of the pandemic. Um, we weren't able to meet as we otherwise would have because again virtual meetings really don't lend themselves to that kind of productive line-by-line -line discussion. Uh, there were some meetings and the education committee continued to meet and um, make its suggestions. So we do expect that the regulatory review committee will make recommendations to the full board in the early half of 2022. We know some of the things coming in addition to the regular just clean up where we can and clarifying where we've heard that there are confusion. Um, are new categories for real estate-related continuing education. Um, for example, in topics such as cybersecurity and data protection, 
business planning, staging, because we hear a lot about um, wanting to to teach or take classes in staging, and social media and website usage. The committee's also working on a recommendation for a media-neutral advertising regulation, since um, in the world we live in now, having this print-based um, advertising regulation is, is obviously um, outdated, and so we want something that acknowledges, you know, the internet and social media and those those realities. Um, as you know, the regulatory process takes a long time. Yes, it does for good reason to allow for public participation. Um, but once the committee presents to the board and the board um, adopts those recommendations, we will start the process. We certainly hope that it will be speedy, the fastest it could possibly be is a year, but we've, of course, had them last much, much longer, and always encourage members to sign up on the Virginia Regulatory Town Hall for email updates on that issue. Excellent. Thank you. Tom, welcome. Can you tell us a little about yourself and your new role at Deport as the Deputy Director for Licensing and Compliance? What exactly are you doing there now? Well, a little bit of everything from licensing all the way through the enforcement process and due process hearings and things of that nature. I came over from the attorney general's office. I'm a practicing lawyer now for 20 years. 16 of those were at the attorney general's office. I started as the first dedicated fair housing attorney that the office had and progressed my way up to uh, when I left. I was the section chief for the Office of Civil Rights, which um we had grown from doing pretty much solely fair housing work to uh, incorporating in another state agency that was the state equivalent of the EEOC. We started looking at voting rights and police misconduct issues with the passage of the Virginia Values Act. And we had some other discrimination laws, such as places of public accommodation that we investigated and, and did some mediation work for. So lots of stuff that could impact our members as real estate licensees with fair housing. And it seems like a great background for working with real estate licensees. Yes. And on top of that, uh, a couple of times I got to cover real estate board meetings for the license and regulatory actions when their regular board council wasn't available. So over those 16 years, I, of course, was heavily involved in the fair housing stuff, but always picked up a smattering of licensing and disciplinary issues, uh, administrative process issues, and the regulatory issues, of course, that all state agencies deal with. All right. So can you tell me what are the most common issues that delay application processing? I mean, we get that question all the time. Why is my application taking so long? And the answer is usually because there was an issue somewhere in there. So what are those issues and how can our members avoid making those mistakes to get their, their licenses granted as quickly as possible? Right. And like any set of forms, it's always probably more complicated or bothersome than some folks would want. Some of the top items we see are simple things such as the broker has signed the application before the salesperson has. Brokers need to be the last one to sign so that we know they've looked over everything. We see sometimes that we've got missing or incorrect information on the firm or business entity applications, whether it's uh, doing business as name or some other information that goes with that. All DBA designations need to be filed with the State Corporation Commission, and we need to have the State Corporation Commission number that goes with that. Sometimes members don't tell us whether they're a sole proprietor or a solely owned LLC, and of course the LLC will always need the firm application 
to have with that. Business entities always need to use the name that they have registered with SCC, even if it's a solely owned LLC. Sometimes what a member will do for a solely owned LLC is use their own name, their individual name, and we do need the entity name for that. For branch offices, sometimes we will have an incorrect firm affiliation or we need a separate address. Um, They may list the firm address instead of the branch office address, and we need to make sure we have both of those on those applications. And then another common form, I think, sometimes is folks use um, different pages or different forms. And so we would recommend that bookmark the real estate board page and then expand to go to the license and the form pages and pull up the most recent version of the application you need to submit. Uh, Those may have changed. Um, Also noted today, just going back and looking at it, because I think I'm about 75 days in here, there are some tutorials on both the salesperson and I think firm pages that will tell you some of the common errors and let you know which firm or which applications you need to use. And that may be helpful for members as well. Sometimes, again, back on business entity applications, we may have missing or incorrect entries. For instance, anyone who's going to receive a commission, we need to have that person listed and they have to sign that form. The business entity license also does not take the place of an individual license. So those are two separate licenses that folks need to be mindful of getting. Again, with the state corporation commission filings, you know, the firm name or trade name registered with the SEC is what we should get on the forms, and that includes the doing business as names. Um, I know sometimes folks register those with local circuit courts, but the doing business as names need to be registered with the SEC as well. For folks who have a license from other states or certifications from other states, we do need that paperwork with the application to have it submitted, so they should take care to get that paperwork from the other states so they can submit it with their application to avoid delays. The next thing we see a lot is incomplete or missing experience verification forms for brokers. And just keep in mind, brokers cannot verify their own work experience that needs to be done separately. Um, And for each person, whether they're in-state or out-of-state, we need to have a form from each person who's attesting to someone's work experience. And even with the dates, um, the fully completed form should list the month, day, and year when the work started or ended, not just month and year. Another thing we see is you know, not using the correct application. A good example Mary gave me was that you know, if you're terminating your affiliation with the branch, that is one form you may need to use. But if you're terminating or changing a branch affiliation, there may be a different form you have to use. And so I'd ask members to pay attention, make sure you're using the right form. I had to look twice when I was looking at the web page to make sure I was picking the right examples to talk about today because there are a couple and sometimes it's just a slight variation in the name. Uh, finally, some things we see are not knowing how to place a license on inactive status or terminate the license from a firm. When a licensee is no longer active, whether they've been terminated or just choosing to go on inactive status, the license should be returned to the board with the principal broker's signature across the front of it and the date of the status change. 
and that needs to occur within 10 calendar days. The submission to the board needs to occur within 10 calendar days of the termination or inactive status. One general thing I would just remind folks of with a lot of this going through the U.S. Postal Service, you know, Postal Service is having its own challenges these days. I think we all know about. So we would encourage folks to make sure they have very accurate telephone and email communication or contact data on those forms so that if we get a bad address return because the post office can't deliver it for reasons that only the post office knows because the firm is still there, having that accurate contact information as a backup would help us be able to reach out to the licensee if we get a bad address return to see if either it's the mail's fault or maybe there's been a change of address. So those are the things we see a lot of that may slow down applications. So it sounds like kind of a couple of broad categories, one being incorrect, either incorrect paperwork, incorrect information on the form or missing paperwork or a missing field or something like that. So the members should really this is somewhere to dot your I's and cross your T's and pay very careful attention to what you're doing. And, and the other kind of big bucket seemed to be doing things in the wrong order. You got to get your SEC stuff set up before you start filing your applications. And you need to have the broker sign last, not first or something like that, right? Yes. Yeah, so you know, I've got a son who's getting ready to apply to college. And it reminds you, you you've got to get your references from maybe past teachers or what have you. You got to fill out the form and, and you got to do this and you got to do that before you send it to college. You got to get your fee ready. And I think that's some of it. It's you know, we're in a very rush, rush world and uh, we're more spread out because of the pandemic and things than we usually are. So we know there are a lot of natural challenges to doing this. But um, that's why I was saying that pause, you know, before the broker signs a form, take a pause and review it. And as an attorney, you know how we operate. Yep. <laughs> you always look at things three or four times before they go out. And and I know not everybody operates that way, but um, those couple of minutes taking that extra review step could save you know valuable time once the application comes to our folks to process. Great. Um, I want to thank you both so much. This is incredibly helpful. These are questions that we get all the time. Uh, and so hopefully now we'll be able to, to get a broader group of our members aware of what they can do to make the process better for themselves. So again, thank you both so much for joining me today. It, it's been great. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Um, one of the things we're most excited about for the new system, of course, is that there'll be natural stops in the online process to help the applicant get it right not move forward if they, if they don't have it right. So, um, but until, until then, um, these tips and tricks will help everybody move things along. Excellent. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for joining us. Caveat Realtor is a weekly podcast with episodes released every Tuesday. Our podcast is available for streaming through iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Play. Subscribe to our podcast to get automatic updates when we have new episodes and rate us. Remember, members of Virginia Realtors have access to our legal hotline where we can provide you with legal information. You can access the legal hotline on the Virginia Realtors website under the legal tab on the law and ethics section. Make sure you're logged in to see this page. Although the members of this podcast are attorneys, the legal information in this program is not a substitute for personalized legal advice from an attorney license to practice in your jurisdiction. The information provided by Virginia Realtors is general reference work as a public service and does not constitute solicitation or provision of legal advice. 
and provide this general legal information on an as-is basis. We make no warranties and disclaim liability for damages resulting from its use. Legal advice must be tailored to the specific circumstances of each case, and laws are constantly changing. The information provided in this program should not be used as a substitute for the advice of competent counsel. This has been a production of Virginia Realtors, copyright 2021. This podcast features the song Please Listen Carefully by Jazar, available under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike license.